Welcome back to the Glass Heats Podcast. This is where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. And my name is Mernal. And this week in hockey, the Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champs, baby. More importantly, you called it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Vegas champs in five games. How are you feeling? I got every single Vegas series right except the Dallas one. And then when I knew Dallas, when they went down 3 0, I was like, this is done in. Yeah, after the five or six after the Jamie Ben fiasco. Yeah, and I I was yeah five or six, and I was like, wow, all right, I am right about the one team I wish I was wrong about. (laughs) So ah, can't let your sharks buy a show this early in the podcast, man. We're only a minute in. Yeah, well, I I I don't think anyone outside of Vegas fans are happy about this. I I mean, I I was like scrolling all over you know Instagram, seeing reactions to this. So you know, have you seen like in the Cup finals they they make those maps of. Uh, which geographical region is rooting uh-huh. for who? Yeah. And it was like, except for maybe like Toronto, Boston, and Carolina, that everyone was rooting for the Panthers. And I was like, I think that's really true this year because of one, the the reputation that Vegas has established. And uh-huh. two, um, everyone wanted Florida to complete that Cinderella story. But Vegas was on a mission. I, as much as I don't like this result, got to hand it to them. They deserved it. Oh, absolutely deserved. They played like champions. They played really, really well. We'll get into the games um, just in a second here. But like from what you were saying on like who's rooting for who, I think Vegas has really embraced being the big bad empire of the league. Mm-hmm. And hey, they won a championship. Yeah. Can you fault them? Doesn't yeah. really matter now, does it? It's funny that you mentioned that because I, when I was just thinking about this earlier, I was like, this really reminds me of the end of Infinity War. <laughs> where Thanos wins, you know what I mean? Like that's exactly Vegas collected all the Infinity Stones. Essentially, I was like, and and they even said, like I saw on ESPN earlier today that they set a record for most goals scored in a cup winning clinching oh, round. Yeah, the yeah. last game they nine three beat down nine two nine three something like that. Yeah. yeah, just to give a quick summary, if any of you guys didn't watch the games or wanted to catch up here, um, last podcast was game uh, three was going on while mm-hmm. we were recording and we were giving you updates. It was two one when the podcast ended recording. Florida ended up tying and winning that game, tying it and winning it in overtime. Um, so made the series two one at that point in game four in. Vegas came out hard, took a 3-0 lead, but Florida fought back, made it 3-2, and just missed tying it in the dying seconds. Um, Aiden Hill saves Matt Kachuk's shot mm-hmm. to um, deny them the win, makes a series 3-1. Game 5 back in Vegas, uh, Vegas absolutely blows them out, mm-hmm. blows out Florida to win the cup. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, other notable things that happened, Jonathan Marchessault won the Conn Smythe as the MVP. Yeah, we'll get into that. And... Um, Matt Kachuk ended up not playing in the final game um, due to injury that came out later. It was our fractured sternum. Mm-hmm. So all big things that happened. Um, let's just, why don't you just start with uh, your overall thoughts on those last three games? Um, I mean, absolute domination by by Vegas. And and again, I I don't think there was any mal malice or any like you know hostile like injury kind of thing. I I really think the the Matthew Kachuk hit or injury was um more or less accidental yeah it was a it was a hard hockey play it was a clean hit and um it was kind of like expected in the sense uh there matt kachuk had just laid a big hit on jack eichel again clean hit yeah but eichel had to go to the dressing room yeah and then vegas hit him back clean hit but uh he got hurt yeah Uh, we were also just talking about how like the last podcast how vegas isn't afraid to throw around the body too oh yeah absolutely and you know matthew kachuk found out um yeah so I, i i let's not 
let's not get it twisted. Vegas completely outplayed every single aspect and they didn't, you know, regardless of what you think, you know, the refs, whatever. Um, I think they really did earn this one. I, there's nothing you can really hate on this, uh, for, uh, the only thing that I didn't really agree with is Jonathan March. So winning Consmith. Without I mean, Aiden Hill, this team would have done, been done a round ago. There were so many players that could have gotten it. Aiden Hill was great. Jack Eichel was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Petrangelo was great. Uh, Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. But I think you could have picked almost anyone there. I, I don't have any problem with March or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think March or so had the best, like most like big moments. Like If I think back to this run by Vegas, and I remember specific goals, it's usually a March or so goal. Right, but like I don't even think Vegas makes the finals if Aiden Hill's not in net. That's the problem. True. And even in this game, absolute robbery from, uh, I think it was Verhege and Bennett. Yeah. There were so many goals of Florida could have scored and the Hill was just there. Yeah. In game one, he made that, again, we talked about this last podcast too, the save um, or his Mm -hmm. version of the save. And I mean, not saying that, you know, that Florida was ever going to come back from that or anything like that, but still, that's a huge save to make in Mm -hmm. any point of the playoffs. And I don't know. I don't think... uh, I think Hill should have won the Consmith, but you know, whatever happened, happened. So yeah, yeah. Um, can I uh, talk a little bit here about what happened with Florida? I think that yeah. long break that we talked about um, between the Carolina series and the Vegas series for them really did them in. Yeah. So if you look at Florida Cinderella run, they were running off of two things, right? One awesome, awesome play by Sergei Bobrovsky, just stopping everything. Mm-hmm. It was a brick wall in net, mm-hmm. and then two clutch moments from Matthew Kachuk. Yes. So what happened with that break was, you know, Bobrovsky kind of lost that momentum. So the first couple games, Bobrovsky really wasn't what he looked like in Carolina. Yeah. And then as soon as he got that momentum back and started heating up, Matt Kachuk got injured. Yeah. So that hit that we were talking about where Matt Kachuk took was from Keegan Kolasar in game three. He ended up leaving that game and then returned later for limited time, played limited time in game four, and then just couldn't do it for game five. Yeah. And then we found out after everything was over, it was a fractured sternum, which, okay, makes sense. And for those of you who don't know, the sternum is the thing that holds your lungs in. Yeah. Kind of important for a hockey player. Yeah, oh, kind of a serious injury, yeah. Yeah, it's reminding me of, um, twenty. was it 2011 that Bergeron was playing with a punctured lung? Oh, wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah there was a, one playoff series for the Boston Bruins where Bergeron played with a punctured lung. And that was what it was kind of reminding me of, like insane amounts of injuries. The fact that he played it all in the rest of game three and game four is yeah. insane. I really don't like the response that he got. I, I mean, again, Matthew Kachuk has no problem being the villain himself. Yeah. Um, but everyone was like, oh, that's so weak. He's He knows he's going to get eliminated. He's like, I'm like, dude, has a fractured sternum. It's a fractured sternum. I was like, what do you, <laughs> anyone and in the right mind would prioritize their health over. It probably hurts to breathe right now. Yeah. Not consider playing elite hockey in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Like, in an elimination it, game. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe I could bet you he wanted to play. Yes. But if you're looking at it from a team sport, he has to evaluate is me playing at whatever capacity I'm able to with a fractured sternum really better than whoever's going to replace me in the lineup. No. Playing at 100%. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. No, that's you have to be Wayne Gretzky himself in his prime to like basically play through that long and kind of like have an effect on the ice that, you know, would negate whoever else is going to replace you in the lineup. It's yeah. just not. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, I don't know. I didn't like the response from NHL fans about that. So. No, yeah. I mean, if he's if he's hurt, he's got the rest of his career to yeah. think about. The, Forget the career; he has the rest of his life, rest of his <laughs> life to think about. Yeah. yeah, like and look at the other side of Vegas. We saw Jack Eichel do the same thing. Yep, sat out a season, was a season and a half Something almost. Like that, yeah, long, long time to get the right surgery for his neck. Now and he's now a cup he's, champion. Now he's a cup champion, 
And he still has the rest of his life ahead of him. Yes. With the mobile neck. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, back to what I was saying about, you know, the two components. Never at any point in this series did Florida have the two magic components at the same time. Yeah. They either had Matt Kachuk making magic moments or they had Bobrowski playing well. Yeah. And by the time we got to game five, like, you could see it. Bobrowski was just tired. Yeah. And he was carrying that team, that defense. Like, um, he was... There was cross creases where you saw him making it in, in like period one. And then by period two, he couldn't get across fast enough. Yeah. He was just dead. Yeah. I, this is kind of what I also meant by the, uh, the finals magic kind of dried up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen it with teams that have not gone to the finals in a long time. Um, and I, you know, it happens. It's part of the game. It's unfortunate that it happened at this time, but in the NHL playoffs, luck and timing is unfortunately a very key component in actually winning a cup there's been so many teams where they've had all the right pieces they've had everything and things didn't line up in their favor and it just it just screwed them yeah. so and yeah. that that unfortunately happened to florida in the finals yeah i think you know hockey has a large portion of things have to kind of work out for you it's very much the uh, you both have to be prepared to take opportunities when they come and you have to get those opportunities yes it's, there's two things right yes so when people say, oh, it's luck, it's not that the championship, when whatever year, Vegas this year, Tampa and all those years, Colorado last year, it's not that they just got lucky. It's that they were prepared to take the opportunity when it was presented to them. Yep. And that is how you win hockey games. Yep. That's how you win life in general, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, think about it. If, uh, let's say, an artist, like, all of a sudden blows up overnight, but they didn't have a, you know, they didn't have the work ethic. They didn't have a catalog ready to go. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a one-hit wonder and disappear. They better capitalize on that. Otherwise, their career is done as soon as it blew up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's no different in the NHL playoffs. So, yeah, you really got to be prepared. Mm-hmm. What did you think of um, Mark Stone? final game five performance i just thought that was magical uh, that yeah, hat trick I, dude i mean any vegas fan that paid for those tickets got the game of their lifetime oh yeah you know what i mean they watched one a hat trick two a nine game or nine uh goal game mm-hmm. and three they want watch their team win the very first cup in franchise history on home i mean dude come on like even if vegas wins other more cups yeah is it ever gonna get better than that no i doubt it i doubt and they set that record the uh, most amount of goals in in a cup clinching game yeah I mean, and i think they set the record for fastest expansion team to a cup yeah i i think so yeah yeah, yeah. and and i mean in a way, this reminds me of uh, the Kings in 2014 in that I think it was double overtime, cup yeah. clinching goal, uh, yeah, yeah. Alec Martinez against Lundqvist. I mean, besides that moment, I think this has got to be like the best home fan moment of the NHL playoffs that you could ever experience. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't remember the last time when a, a home team won the cup, maybe one of the years in Tampa, maybe in Montreal or yeah, against it's Montreal. Been, it's been on the road recently, yeah, hasn't it? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and what better city to win a cup in than Vegas? <laughs> All the partying's right there. I haven't watched any of those videos, and I don't think I want to. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, matching what the Capitals did is going to be tough. But... No, no, Summer of Ovi is, uh, is unbeatable. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's ever talking that. So let me ask you this question. Sure. We see this a lot in the NHL. A team wins a championship. Other teams try to copy their formula for success. So... What does Vegas winning this championship mean for the rest of the NHL? I, I don't know if it means anything. I mean, because so Vegas won. They made the finals, you know, in, the, in their inaugural, inaugural year uh, off of, um, let's be honest, scraps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of this, a team that nobody predicted would do anything. Well, 
So a lot of people were like, oh, this team was going to be at the bottom of the gutter. I, I never understood that. I was like, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs, but nobody predicted them to go yeah, to the finals. If you, look at, you can go back and look at like athletic articles or ESPN articles. Nobody had the Vegas doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing of damage. It's almost like how Seattle, like everyone thought Seattle was just done after maybe one game. Yeah. They year. all expected what Seattle's first season was, right? Essentially. Yeah. They yeah. were a fun team to watch, but didn't win very much. Yeah. No. Vegas was a cup caliber team. Has always been a cup caliber team. Um, but the reason I, I say this is Vegas has gotten, I, I think, a lot of like very good blend of, uh, of everything they need. You know, they have like, again, they have the big physical presence that we talked about last podcast. They had, um, you know, Eichel, the big guy showing up when he needed to. You know, he wasn't a disappearing act. Um, great leadership and veteran presence from Mark Stone. I think they had everything. And I don't, I think if there's anything you can take away from this as a GM, you don't overpay for certain aspects you need a blend of everything that is the only way you're really gonna and obviously you know having a phenomenal but goalie show up in the in the when he did is is great too but why do you say don't overpay some would argue 10 million is overpay for jack eichel is it though look at that performance he put up if jack eichel's not on that ras- roster i think it's way harder for oh yeah for, that's the top line center yeah exactly any team missing their top line center is gonna have a harder time exactly yeah right? so i i think the money was well spent and i think they paid him 10 mil because truly because of his potential. Mm-hmm. I, I think like, also he signed that contract in Buffalo. So, yeah. So th- even then, like it, whether that's better for his pockets or whatever, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But you know, like the thing is, I, I personally feel that the, let's say, um, McDavid contract, the, uh, most of the Toronto contract, I'd even go as far as to say the, the Nathan McKinnon contract are a little bit, they overcompensated because they wanted there's, there's hype around them. There's, they didn't want them to leave. They really wanted to keep them homegrown and stuff. Yeah. Um, and even with the McKinnon contract, like they knew he was underpaid for way too long and they he brought oh, yeah. him a cup and they were like, all right, let's just keep him around. Kind of. He thing. had a bad or like a mediocre contract year and then signed a long-term deal at a really steep discount and, yeah. and, blew and it instantly blew up. Yeah. Like yeah, the exactly. next season he was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And so stuff like that is like, um, there's, there's rare cases where players have, truly in my opinion truly earned that contract mm-hmm. and i think jack eichel did and uh, another example of a big contract that the player truly earned carry price mm-hmm. he, i think he's also getting paid 10 mil yeah. um i think a lot of people doubted uh sergey Bobrovsky um before this year at least his playoffs hey get- i think he's like definitely earned that contract now yeah but they doubted him reasonably he didn't have a great regular season right yes you know? yeah. yeah so like I think the the reason I say this is yes, there's certain players you're gonna have to spend big money on, mm-hmm. but you really have to like have the hard conversation with yourself as a GM. Are you, is he? Am I paying it because it's worth it, mm-hmm. or am I paying it because I don't want him to go somewhere else? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I feel like Toronto and and a lot of other teams have handed out these huge contracts. I could even say that for Eric Carlson. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. They they paid so that he wouldn't go to another team to terrorize us in the future you know what i mean yeah so i i think that's what really happened i eichel was paid because he's really worth 10 mil mm-hmm. all right i agree with that and mm-hmm. i have a couple points that i want to make mm-hmm. that i think is relevant for the rest of the league i think vegas winning this cup could be a turning point in the nhl and where's the camera i never want to hear the words hometown discount ever again <laughs> vegas what, just proved it what you just said if the player is worth it pay the player 
And they have proven again and again that paying the player does not, is not what gets you in trouble with the salary cap with your team management. What gets you in trouble is a no movement clause. Mm. So after Vegas won the cup last night, I took a look at their cap friendly page. Yes. They have three players on no movement clauses. Um, I'm only looking at skaters. I didn't look at the goalies. Three have three players on no movement clauses. Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. Jack Eichel and Mark Stone did not sign in Vegas. They were trades. So the mm-hmm. only player Vegas has, tri- has signed to a no movement clause is Alex Petrangelo. So Mark Stone and Jack Eichel, they waived their... They waived their no movement clauses to come to Vegas. Got it. Okay. All right. So Vegas has shown that you pay the players what they're worth and they will ship you out the door when it's no longer worth it. Yes. And the reason they can do that is because they don't give them no movement clauses. Yes. And it doesn't matter how much you pay them because as long as that clause isn't there, you always have an option. You get a third team involved to retain salary. You package picks with them. They did whatever. They paid three picks for Tatar one year. To play on the fourth line. Yeah, that really hurt him. Yeah. Like, I mean, as long as you don't contractually put yourself into a corner, mm-hmm. there's a way out of there. You overpay players to get them to come to your city. And as long as you build a competitive team right now, nothing else matters. Yes. Right? Send picks out the door. Send prospects out the door. Nick Suzuki was a Vegas Golden Knight. Yeah. Shipped him out the door. I then mean, he came back to terrorize him, but yes. Yeah, but... Did they win a cup? No. Suzuki doesn't have a cup, Montreal does Montreal did not win the cup, yes. And every, they do it every year. Mm-hmm. And they shipped out Flurry. And yeah, sure, fans might hate you for shipping out players. You know what fans like? Winning. Winning. Yes. Winning solves everything. Yeah. Nobody's going to think about, oh, I'm so upset that you got rid of Flurry. I'm like, yeah, but you have a cup to your franchise. Yeah, if name. you ask any fan right now, you win a Stanley Cup or still have Flurry on your team. I would trade anyone in, in the history of of any roster for a cup. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Like if you told me in the um, middle of the sharks dominance from like mid two thousands to like uh, mid 2010s, right. was kind of their big time period. If you told me in the middle of that, if you trade Joe Thornton right now, you'll win a cup. I don't care. Yeah. Trade Joe Thornton, trade Thornton, Marlowe and Pavelski. Trade all of them. If you tell for me fourth liners, and if you're telling me you'll, cup, we'll get a cup, right? Absolutely. Making that deal. Of course. The magic is you never know if you're going to get the cup, right? Of course. But that's the thing is, don't sign them to no movement clauses. Yeah. If you want to win as a team, you need to build a business, I think. And what, what other team in the league right now has a core that doesn't have no movement clauses? Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Jonathan, they could trade Jonathan Marshall so tomorrow. They're Colin Smythe winner if they wanted to. Yeah. yeah. That, that amount of flexibility is insane, right? Yeah. And people will say, yeah, but if you give them too much money, nobody's going to want them. But the salary cap isn't real, guys. Yes. Yeah. Take advantage of the LTIR rule. Yeah. Have a team retain so that, you know, you, you're sending them at a super discount to whatever team wants them. And as long as there's teams that are rebuilding or in smaller markets, which for the foreseeable future, there will be because mm-hmm. the NHL apparently is terrible at building um, teams that aren't Vegas or Seattle, mm-hmm. then um, there will be teams that need to get to the cap floor. Yeah. Get them to retain. Flexibility is the biggest asset. Vegas has just proven that. and. If other GMs follow it, I think this could be a turning point for the NHL where we see more player movement, bigger player salaries, and more excitement for fans. Yeah. I, so I don't, uh, one thing uh, I completely agree with you. I, the only part I disagree is I don't think it's a hometown discount. Mm-hmm. I think it's the overpayment for loyalty. 
Yeah. That might be the issue. Because the hometown discount means like, yeah, oh, so, I'm going to sign here for cheap. Yeah. Right? So the thing is, uh, players will do that, right? They'll take less money, but say, give me a no movement clause, because then I can say, okay, my family's here for seven years, eight years, right? Yeah. Don't do it. I don't want to hear it. Overpay them, but don't give them a no movement clause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Perfect example. Again, not to keep going back to uh, San Jose, but look at all these bad contracts that the, the Sharks cannot even execute on a rebuild because of how many bad contracts they yeah. can't get out of. Yeah. Two notorious examples, Eric Carlson and Mark Edward Vlasic. Carlson mm-hmm. is paid 11.5. Vlasic is paid, I think, 7. I think, yeah. Something, something in that ballpark, right? Both yeah. have no movement clauses, which is the biggest problem. Yeah. Eric if Carlson I, finally proved he had one year finally where he paid, played yeah. at his level. Yes. If I told you, you would have to pay $13 million for Eric Carlson, but you could trade him whenever you wanted. Yeah, I'd take that deal. Yeah. I would retain some of it, sure, but so You'd retain gone. some of it, you get a third team involved, ship them a few picks, yeah. and then he's gone, Yeah, right? And picks past the first round are pretty much meaningless anyway, right? Mm-hmm. The, if you hit on one of those, you got lucky. I don't yeah. care what any team's yeah. drafting record says, you got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Vegas has proved it. The biggest asset GMs need is flexibility. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a GM at this point, as much as people hate you, uh, could hate you for trading away fan favorites, loyalty is overrated, maybe. Yeah, and we see this um, in the NBA all the time. Yeah. Big names move. Big contracts move. Granted, the NBA... also provides a lot of buzz, but that's, you know, that's a whole marketing thing. Yeah, but isn't that great? That's great, yeah. I know people who follow the NBA and don't watch a single game. Mm -hmm. They just look for the drama. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't even know if I really have an NBA team I follow. I just follow certain players. Yeah, because they are storylines, right? Yeah. Like uh, when Toronto won the championship, the whole everyone followed what Kawhi did for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Even the players were doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this could be very very exciting for the NHL, assuming if, they realize this in the first place. Or unless you're like okay, but if I a dumbass of the podcast realized this, someone who works in hockey has to. You're right? talking about the same GMs that had no. They were they went into a meeting and they were like, we don't see anything wrong with the league. We don't need to change it. Uh, true <laughs> true you know what i mean like i at least publicly they said we don't need to change anything complacency is a, a big problem and the thing is a lot of these i it's funny that we, we're talking about this because i recently watched a podcast this is nba related um with uh demar DeRozan of the chicago bulls and uh paul george of the la clippers and they were just kind of riffing on how a lot of players a lot of like faculty i guess in the nba they love the nba lifestyle but they hate putting in the work and they, so they, they put in the work for a contract year, get this huge contract and then just basically never try again, or they live off sponsorships and they love this lifestyle that comes with the NBA. They don't want to work with it. And so I'm so like, they just that, like being rich and famous. Yes. But I, you don't think that's happening in the NHL too? Oh no, it's happening all the time. Yeah. We see it all the time. Players pull a magic year out of their ass mm-hmm. their contract year, sign a big deal and then go back to Chill. usual self. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel like that's also happening amongst GMs, coaches, whatever, too. Yeah. So. But further to my point, don't give them a no movement clause. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the biggest stop, thing, right? Stop, stop giving them new movement clauses. Yep. Stop being loyal to your employees as, as unethical as it sounds. That might be a good good bit to cut up because, I mean, that's a, that's a controversial point, but it, it totally makes sense. So. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like don't be good to your employees, right? Yeah. Like while they're there. Treat them right. Treat them right pay them well, make sure their facilities are met, make it a nice place to play. But they're not your family. But your goal is to win, and if they're not helping you win, send them out the door. Yeah. And Vegas has just proved it, Yeah, right? I know it it sounds ruthless, but 
it sounds ruthless right now because we're used to this mindset of, oh, but they set up roots here. They grew a family here. Every other sports league, players move around like nothing. Not to mention in the real world, quote-unquote real world, yeah. people will fire you as soon as you're, you're a line on a spreadsheet. And, and as soon as you don't make yeah. that company money anymore, you're gone. Yeah. And the thing is, in professional sports, even if one team says you're gone, the league still has to honor your contract. Yes. You'll you will a, still get paid that money, right? Even yes. if, when a player gets bought out, they still get, I think it's like 70% of their money. Yeah. Which is insane. And then if they sign a new deal on top of that for a discount, it's, uh, you, they can make up the difference, right? Yeah. Like we're talking in the scale of millions here. Yeah. Right. Like if you're managing this money properly, not spending it on, on, on dumb shit, like yeah. you could easily like convert this to generational wealth. Fans in the NHL are begging to see more stars move. Yes. Star movement is what generates buzz and interest in your league. Yep. Le- LeBron jumping around teams for the NBA yeah. created so much heat, hype and interest, right? Yeah. And, you know, this might be thinking a little too far ahead, but if you reduce the max contract length, mm-hmm. um, of course, the players would have to agree to that. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Hey, I, I this is agree. Vegas winning is a chance for the NHL to become really, really exciting, and I hope they take it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, my job, I, I really don't have anything else to add to it other than I really hope other GMs are realizing this too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I would like to see that, that change. I would like to see more movement. I can't tell you the amount of times I tune into an off season where basically nothing happened. Yeah. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen this year too. Um, Trade deadline day is the most overhyped thing in the NHL sometimes. Because it's kind of exciting. All the trades happen before the deadline day. That's true. That is true. Yeah, you're totally right. The uh, the actual day is people moving depth pieces and trading picks. Mm -hmm. Was Patrick Kane traded on deadline day? I don't think so. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Trade deadline day is a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'd have to go back and check, but yeah. I don't think so. Gotcha. Um, Speaking of Patrick yeah. Kane, that's a good, uh, it's a good segue, actually. Yeah. New York Rangers. Yep. That's... Um, Do you want to take this one? Yeah. Speaking of uh, both Patrick Kane, the Rangers, and absolutely zero loyalty, um, the Rangers hired Peter Lavaliette, and uh, Gerard Gallant kicked out of the door two seasons, two which is... S- I am... Honestly, I didn't even know this happened until uh, until minutes before recording this podcast. Um, <laughs> wow! I, I I won first of two, all. I'm two sh- seasons, one in which she reached the conference final. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" They gave one a coach after two seasons, and I whatever happened this year. Yeah, they went all in. They bought all these like big pieces, but that clearly they didn't study Toronto's method. You just you can't load up on offense and all score nine goals a game unless you're Vegas uh, to win a cup. But Vegas can also defend. Yeah, and hit and do and save pucks and do mm-hmm. a bunch of other things. I, I, yeah, I mean their defense kind of boiled down to Shesterkin. Right? Yeah, I I really don't know how you put the Rangers past two years of failure on Gallant at all, and the fact that they switched so quickly is. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure if I have any uh, legitimate thoughts other than I'm shocked. I'm still kind of processing this. Uh, what do you think about this? Is Gallant a good coach, do you think? Because mm. I think the biggest problem people have is the way they lost against New Jersey, where they won the first two games, Jersey adjusted their game plan, and then Gallant just kept trying the same thing over and over again and lost four games it's in like a row. Peter DeBoer. Yeah, it's kind of like Peter DeBoer, though. He keeps getting hired for some reason. Yeah. Well, he gets your team far, but that's at most. Once. At once. He gets your team <laughs> gets far your t- once, yeah. and then gets out in the first round every other year. Yeah. 
Hmm. So uh, Dallas, congrats on your first round exit next year. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you're probably right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess to answer your question, I, I, I think I need a little bit more of a track record. Um, sure, Gallant has not had a great track record. I don't think. I'm not sure if he's ever won a cup. He um, has not, but uh, he's gotten to the finals with Vegas, and um, he's had some really good regular seasons in Florida and in um, Florida, Vegas. And now New York. Mm-hmm. He's had some really great regular seasons. Yeah. Um, but never won a cup. So, no. yeah, maybe maybe he was an overhyped coach. Maybe he was overrated. I, For me, personally, I just... I, I think this is kind of like... Again, I know we just riffed on, you know, if someone's not serving you, remove them. But two seasons seems awfully quick. Like, not even a full third... After the third season, fine, sure. If it was a failure, I totally understand. But two seasons, I don't know if you can understand anything after two seasons, really. Yeah, so unless there's something we don't know, like players in the room are saying they don't want Gallant or something like mm. that, then maybe. Are the Rangers trying to retain like Patrick Kane, Tarasenko, all these players? I, I don't know, actually. I don't think any news has kind of come out on that yet. Gotcha. I was like, yeah, if they're trying to preserve all these like acquisitions they made, but then sure. Uh, their their word matters more. But again, they're going to overpay for loyalty, make sure they don't go somewhere else kind of thing. It's going to screw him anyways, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't think Gallant is as valued of a coach as other teams make it seem. Yeah, and I think um, people just have kind of less tolerance these days for seeing the same mistakes over and over again, right? Which and, they should, I think. Yeah, but that's kind of what Gallant did in New Jersey, right? There was just, mm. we, when we covered that series, we were talking about, that, that was our psychological warfare episode. Yeah. And Gallant didn't respond to Lindy Ruff. Mm. And that is the one thing you want a coach to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So do you think the Rangers uh, front office essentially had it not out for Gallant, but like, do you think they kind of noticed that early on? They were like, this, this guy's a fraud. I think the Rangers know time is limited and they don't for, for um, the Rangers window to win. They were just bad. They just speed ran the rebuild. Yeah, but I just pulled up their uh, cap friendly here. Mm-hmm. Their UFAs this year, Tarasenko, uh, Tyler Mott, Patrick Kane, and Alexis Lafreniere is an RFA. Yeah, uh, but... Yeah, a couple... Uh, Ke'Andre Miller needs a new contract. I don't think they're going to resign him. Uh, Shesterkin only has two years left on their contract. Hmm. Yeah, that's not great. So, you know... Shesterkin's going to get a huge pay raise, too. Panarin only has three years left under contract. Really? He I thought he's down to eight years. Yeah, uh, but he, that's done in 25-26. Wow, time flies. Yeah, again, a whole bunch of new movement clauses here. Their players that are signed long-term are Mika Zabinishad and uh, Vinny Trocek. Oh, wow. Everybody else is on, up till 26-27. They have a bunch of players. Mm-hmm. Jimmy VC is up in two years. Wow. So they've got okay, basically uh, a lot smaller than I realized. They've so. got about a two to three w- years left. Mm. And I guess they didn't want to give Gallant another shot here because it's not just what he did with the Rangers, right? You have to see what he did with Vegas. Mm. So much good success that always kind of fell short. Mm. And the first year of Vegas, um, I, how long was he in Vegas? Was it like three years before they replaced with so. DeBoer? Yeah, I think so. Three years. Yeah. So, so, and Peter Lavalier, I think he won with the Caps, right, in 2018? No, that was Barry Trotz. He won with uh, Carolina in... That's right, that's in right, 06. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he does at least have a cup to his name. 
Mm-hmm. And he is the winningest U.S. coach in history. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I went into this uh, headline kind of not doubtful, but like shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's starting to make sense a little bit, I would say. Yeah, I think Rangers are just trying to try something. Yeah. You know? But um, do you think, I mean, is this whole Hail Mary thrown shit at the wall, see what sticks method really going to work? Because, like, know. I don't know. I, I feel part of the reason I feel Vegas won is a lot of calculated chaos. Yeah. Assets being swapped in yes. and out really quick. Vegas is one of the teams that is also the biggest on analytics. So they made their moves purposefully. Mm-hmm. So it's not just making moves for the sake of moves. You're right. Yeah. You have to be sure about the moves you're making. Yes. But yeah, La Violette, I'm not sure. Right? Yeah. In many ways, this seems like, okay, the last cup you won was an 06. Mm-hmm. But then again, who's a better coach that's available? I mean, you can you find know? someone else. Why do we have to recycle the same whatever 32 because coaches that's the risk that the new york rangers who have a short window don't want to take right yeah i guess they did do that because david they're the first ones who brought david quinn in yeah and he was terrible for them yeah and so. he's been okay in san jose but then again yeah. san jose's not trying for anything right now yeah I, it's really hard to gauge quinn's like like this is different than columbus hiring mike babcock right Yes. Columbus is bottom of the barrel right now. You're not going to win next year. That's true. Yeah, that was you, a Hail Mary. That, that was for that's real an Hail absolute Mary. Hail Mary. Yeah. Right? You could have brought in someone from the minors of college. Yeah. New York with a two to three year window? Maybe not. Yeah. Do you, so do you think after, at the end of this two to three year window, this is going to be like the downfall of the Rangers? Like, are they, are they just done for a while? I think they have a chance to retool it. In, the, in that two to three years, but mm-hmm. they got to move quick. You know, you got to get Shostakin signed up long term. Um, you got to see what Panarin's thinking. Oh wow, he'll be thirty three at the end of his contract. Yeah, it's not. It's not young. <laughs> yeah. So, are you going to sign him long term? Um, you do have Capo Caco and Alexis Lafreniere playing in your depth. Are they going to turn out to be superstars? They haven't developed at the rate that everyone thought they were. Yeah, and but the Rangers themselves have not had huge success developing uh, prospects into superstars, at least as of recently. Yeah. So, um, you know, you got to figure that kind of out. Um, the only goal, the only defenseman that signed past 25, 26 is Adam Fox. Oh man. Which Adam Fox long-term at a 9.5 cap hit. That's pretty good. Yeah. Just looking at that. And he's like, what, 26 or something like that? He is 25. 25. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. That is a very good deal actually. Assuming, so, you know, no injuries yeah. kind of hinder that. Rangers are going to have to be active in the next couple seasons on their moves, mm-hmm. you know? So they, I think they have a chance to extend this window if you want. And the advantage of being the New York Rangers is you can attract free agents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, they have a chance to keep that window open. But mm-hmm. looking at it right now, you got about two to three years. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think this hiring is starting to make a lot more sense now. Um whether you know whether it be Peter Laviolette or any other coach, I think they really have to rely on. They have to go for a rel- reliability in general. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess with the, uh, the track record Gallant has proven or provided in the past couple of years, it's not looking too hot. Yeah, and if they go out again next year based on like an inability to change strategies or something, that's going to be really bad, right? They got to do something. Yeah, I think. So this you is... think Peter Laviolette's out the door at that point, or? No, no, no. I think it's the, if they had kept Gallant, they would have felt worse. Oh, oh got it, got it. Okay, you know, yeah. it's the, okay, Gallant's not going to adjust anything. We got to adjust something, so we're going to fire Gallant. Got you know, it. it's that, I think it's like that kind of mindset. Got it. Do you think Gallant's like, not, not going to get um, blacklisted from the NHL, but do you think like he's going to struggle to find a job now? No, no. You don't think so? Because he has strong regular seasons. 
teams that aren't good in the regular seasons. But what? Is, <laughs> because the first step to becoming a contending team is getting in the playoffs. Okay, so he's a he's a temporary coach. He's not a cup winning yeah, coach. He's a coach you'll hire if you want to move up the standings. But I mean, I okay, I understand to an extent. Yes, you want to move up the standings. You want to sell some tickets. But you're trying to win a cup at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Like, but how are you going to win the cup if you can't even make the playoffs? That's no, oh, that's fair. Yeah. And what is he? What is Gallant good at? Is taking players, young players, and developing them into consistent playoff teams. Mm-hmm. He did it in Florida. He did it in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not good at the final mile there, which is when you hire. He's not a closer. Coach. Yeah. Okay. You know, not every coach is good at everything. Yeah. And that's okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas really, honestly, I going back to the Vegas thing real quick, I really am shocked that Boston let go of Bruce Cassidy and all of a sudden they had the worst season. And as soon as Vegas picked him up, I really didn't want to say it or, or think it, but I was like, we're in trouble. Bruce Cassidy just proved why he's such a good coach. Yes. And yeah. there's a chance that um, Jim Montgomery in Boston is going to win the Jack Adams this year in a couple days at the awards. That's going to be awkward. It's going to be <laughs> real awkward. Yeah. But I mean, Ooh. Hey, if I'm, if I'm Bruce Cassidy, I'm, I got, oh my God, I got my name on the cup. Mm-hmm. Jim Montgomery has what? <laughs> like a Jack Adams? Okay, cool. Do you uh, take the Stanley Cup to Boston if you're Bruce Cassidy? Yes. Of course. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. I'm, I'm taking a picture in front of TD Garden with my Vegas jersey on in front of that. <laughs> kidding me? Like, Just brutal. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. If I still have, uh, I still, still have the um, general manager's number, I'm going to text it directly to him, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope you're having a great summer, Hags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no of course i am absolutely all right we're running up on time here this is kind of a long one yeah um you got anything else no uh i that was a great point about the vegas uh strategy as ruthless as it is um it's gonna give me a lot to think about not just this off season but in the next coming seasons um but yeah uh pivoting onwards i think we're gonna have a lot of off-season content i think the next major thing that's gonna happen is probably the draft i would imagine yeah initial awards and initial draft uh yeah. coming up in the next couple of weeks here yeah. so and then we got hopefully fingers crossed a exciting um free agency free agency yeah mm-hmm. um hopefully we got some big names moving um you know there's a there's a lot to looking forward to i'm sure the hockey season's over but i feel like it's also just beginning um and I think there's a lot to look forward to. So, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, yes, this podcast will be active through the off season. Um, we're out every week. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google. If you'd like to see our lovely faces, you can uh, check us out on YouTube at Spud Network Podcast is the handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check us out there. And if you could leave a comment, review, reply, or rating wherever you're listening to this, it really helps us out. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace.